Special podcast today. We got the ladies of the 72s plus one. And we're going to discuss, there's a lot of strong rumors that the 72s are no longer going to be. And we're going to have two new weight classes. And it's going to be either the 68, 69 kilo weight classes or the 76. The difference between 68, 69 kilo, not crazy in terms of if you guys are deciding between 76 and 68, 69, that last kilo is going to make the biggest difference. So we could probably just move forward with that anyways. But the 72s being no longer is big. Um, it's going to impact not just you ladies, but all of powerlifting, period, in, in some positives and some negatives. We can get into that. And it opens up some opportunities, but also closes some doors. But one of the things it's going to do is there's going to be a bit of an end of an era. The 72s have had some big showdowns in the 2019 World Championships. Probably the most heated showdown for 2019, for sure on the women's and possibly all of powerlifting. Um, I mean, there were some other battles. 84s was a good one. And there was, I mean, there's a look at the 57s was good as well. But in terms of from one through six, the 72s might've been the deepest class for talent. And, um, and seeing it close, now it's just 2019, seeing it close, it's going to be tough. And 72s is also home of, whom mm -hmm. I had said previously was the GOAT, um, Kimberly. And now the queen's going to have to be pushed off the throne and claim some new territory. Who would have thought that, right? You would have, so there's going to be some shakeups. So I wanted to have you, have you ladies on and do a little look back on the 72s. Both personally, what some of your favorite moments were as a lifter, but also just as a fan. If you were watching and you're like, man, I remember. I remember this year, that year, or even a specific lift, or could have been an interaction backstage, whatever it was. Worlds, nationals, because this is going to happen at the national level, regional level, right up to the world championships. So we'll start with that, and then we'll talk about moving forward in terms of the impact. I think, start with Kimberly. Okay, so which one's the first question to? Let's talk about what do you think? I mean, this is probably a particular, particularly tough one for you because you've had some big wins and titles. But if you were to say, what was your favorite moment lifting as a 72, if it's all said and done? Uh, I'm going to split between two. Uh, the okay. first one, uh, 2012 Sweden, because it was the first. And I think some people thought maybe like Raw was just going to be a flash in the pants. And look at us almost 10 years later, how many lifters we have lifting and how big it's grown to. Um, and I'd say definitely the last because I had to come back from a lot of uh, fighting back against discrimination and harassment and being targeting to get myself back to the platform and to earn that championship again. It was, it was dedicated to everyone who supported that. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. In, in, in terms of when you first won it and then right down to the last win, when you, in 2012, I mean, that was the World Cup. And they were, it was like, it was kind of like, you said, it was a test project of sorts to see, is this thing going to be a go? The IPF put out a World Cup and they're like, if this gets good response from the top down, we're going to the classic division. They didn't even, not even all the nations had classic raw nationals yet when they had the World Cup. It's kind of like, send, send your equipped lifters, send... You know, however you guys want to make your teams, if this thing goes, 
it's all good. And we had no idea. Powerlifting at the time looked a whole lot different in terms of how many lifters, period, in terms of how many women were lifting. I mean, you didn't know you were trailblazing at the time and the impact it was going to be for the classic division, for women's powerlifting, and how big it was going to blow up. But it was an entirely different climate in 2012. Looking back at that time, did you have any inkling like, oh, man, this could, if we kill this, if this is a show, like we think it could be, what could happen in the future? Or were you just like looking back now, like, oh, man, I had no clue. I, I look at it as this is just going to be the beginning. I had no doubt that it would be coming back the next year. I just tend to be more of an optimist about things. So I was just pleasantly surprised to see how we just, like I said, continue to develop just from that one championship. I know it was a big controversy about calling it a cup versus a championship, but we were recognized yeah. as world champions and world record holders. So yeah. championship it is. Yeah. It really, like, I didn't fully understand why they said cup in that championship. But it, it makes it like a footnote in history where it's like, what's the story behind that? Well, here's the story. They weren't sure if they're back in it. The thing is, like, I, I guess they didn't want to put world championship. And then if it didn't take off, they have to backpedal. And then it looks worse. So then they're, so they were kind of half in, half out. Now we know shit, man. The world championship classic will take off. It'll be supported. It's good. Um, do you, How big of an impact do you think it being the classic was on powerlifting period in terms of this explosion. Like some people say, I agree with people who say CrossFit was huge in terms of the expansion. I'm on board with that. CrossFit helped, got a lot of barbell, barbells in people's hands. But I think the fact that we took some, uh, like we had a division where you didn't have to wear equipment. So the transferability and people recognizing, you know, like when you're in the gym benching, if you see someone with a bench shirt, you can't relate as much. It's almost like a different world. But when they took that out, at least for that division, had an option of. For me, I think that was a huge jump for, for the sport period. I think even looking at it from the financial perspective as well, like, for instance, when you're learning equipped, you know, you tend to need to have a team around you to teach you how to use the equipment, and you have to be dedicated and knowing that it's also going to take more time learning to get used to that. And with Raw, even if you didn't have that tense, that sense of a support system, you would definitely at least have the fact that you could go to a gym and at least take that template you found on the internet and try it out and know that, hey, I can go compete in the meet. And like I said, definitely you can clearly see how much it's impacted powerlifting because primarily it was mostly equipped for many years. And then once we brought back a, a classic lifting around 2000, 2010, and then we had our classic uh, world championship, you can see, like I said, it's taken off every year to the point now we have what, upwards of nine to 900 to 1,000 lifters at world championships. Yeah. So I think we're doing pretty good. Yeah, we do, we do, we're doing all right, to say the least. Um, how about you, Kristen? What is, what is probably, for you personally, mm -hmm. the biggest moment you'll never forget? And then as a fan looking at this. So, I mean, this one's easy, obviously. It was the year that I won as a 72, because that was kind of the, my debut as on this stage as, as a 72, because I've always competed as a weight class below. Uh, so for that to be my first nationals and then to win it uh, was really exciting. Um, and just as a fan, so this one is more sentimental to me, uh, was actually my first nationals ever as a 63. And actually it was canned. So at the time there wasn't a lot of women who competed, you know, so there was Kim Walford and uh, Jen Thompson were kind of like the only two who I really knew who I had looked up to. 
And so I'm looking at my, the numbers of like, oh, who I have to beat. And it was like Jen and Kim. And I'm like, oh my God, these girls are so strong. I want to be like them. And I remember Kim, I don't know if you remember this, but it was after my squat and you had come up to me and you were like, wow, that was really good. And like, I just remember being like, oh my, can I have a hug? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and so I remember, like, so, um, like, Kim and I, it was just cool, because she was, like, so friendly to me, and um, I remember, I don't know if you remember saying this either, but you were, like, I know that you're coming for me, and at the time, I was, like, no, I'm not, you're so much stronger, like, no, I know I'm coming, so I gotta, like, you know, keep getting stronger, like, I, I so that you, she was, like, you're gonna have to work for it, I'm not gonna let you beat me. <laughs> <laughs> Kim actually as a fan did you who, what what was probably your favorite moment it's kind of tough because you were always involved at like from the nationals the U.S. Raw Nationals to world so maybe as a fan it's you can't really separate the two as an athlete and a fan is there a moment that as a fan in the 72 stuck out I would say probably the first time uh, me and Anna battled in South Africa because she was the, you know, the Equip World Champion. And I think it was probably one of the first times you were really seeing Equip World Champions starting to dip over into the classic. And they were like, oh, they made it like it was going to be this big battle between me and her because the classic champion versus the world champion. Mm -hmm. And I can honestly tell you, like, till this day, it was it was literally down. We went back and forth for every every lift down to the last deadlift. We both hit our second and missed our last. And the crazy thing is that after we finished competing, we ended up hugging and crying. And that was literally the most exhausted I had been to date. So like, yeah, it was a, it was, that was a real big memory. <laughs> it's almost like a war of the worlds, right? Like the yeah. classic and equipped clashing. Yeah. Do you think the reason why you broke down at the end and I like I understand how you would say as a fan what if you were watching that it is like it's the it's the good and the bad of it when it's a big showdown and you're so emotionally invested physically invested you're pushed right to the limit by yeah. someone else who is a multiple time multiple division world champion I mean Anna is an absolute lioness and then at the end you're like my God, I don't I don't know how many kilos I got left in me and you're like you just went to war with this person. You know, you brought the most out of each other. And the only other person in the world at that moment who understands how you're feeling is that other person that you went to war with. And there's a weird kind of camaraderie when you look at each other and you're like, yeah. I think we might have, did we just have a moment? Yeah, we had a moment. <laughs> <laughs> did we just have a moment together in front of the world watching? But uh, yeah. Is it, one of the questions I'm gonna ask all you ladies, but seems how we're on it, who is going to be the one person that you think you're going to miss the most competing against when you look back? All of them. Because mm -hmm. we bring it out in all of us, you know, when we get together. I mean, let's call it, it is what it is. You know, we may be friends like off the platform, but when we're competing, we're going against each other. You know, it's all about giving your best and pushing each other. So I, just speaking for myself, I just feel like every single one of them, because every single one of them brought something out of you. Mm. Yeah, I know that not every single one of us knows each other so much in person, but even just the relationships that we have with each other through lifting, I feel like are, they're just really unique. You know, anytime that we see each other. So I was kind of saying at the beginning before we started recording here, 
anytime we see each other, like we know it's game time and we know that something great's going to happen, you know? So these faces are, they represent more than just people that we're competing against. They, they represent our own successes as well. So. Well, I mean, if in terms of sports, you need someone to play against, like if there's no opposition that's going to push you, A, the, the interest in that division is, is going to wane. People need to see, that's what sports is, right? Nobody wants to watch a basketball game where it's like a 50 point spread. And you're like, well, I could probably miss out and drive home, be traffic before the, the final quarter. You want competition. And it's tough leading into, you're like, oh my God, why do I have to have like the strongest people showing up? And on the flip side, you're when it's all said and done, you're like, thank God they were there. Because if they weren't there and nobody cared, like there wasn't like that depth of competition. So it's the stressful kind of like Kimberly was saying with Anna, during the day, you're exhausted, and you're like, oh, you're literally going to break down tears of joy of being exhausted with, you know, a little bit of mixed feelings. What do you think, Chloe, is your, your moment that you're going to hang on to personally and as a fan? I don't know. I was thinking about this, and I'm kind of having a hard time with it because I feel like I kind of <laughs> grew up with powerlifting, because, like, in this class. You know what I mean? Like, if there's no longer a 72 class, it's going to feel really strange for me because I went through sub-juniors, juniors, and then just, like, I, I didn't even get to the open uh, world competition for the 72s yet. So not having that experience is going to be really strange, especially since I was expecting to accomplish that that goal this summer. But, I'm, I mean, I think that, I don't know. It's hard because every Nationals, I feel like I was – trying to chip off and accomplish something. So there's not really one that stands out for me, but I do know that I had like such a great time with Ida last year at Junior Worlds because I, yeah, it was just a great experience. And I had a phenomenal time competing against her and her coaches. It was awesome. It was. And um, I can say that out of all these girls here. I mean, I've had a phenomenal experience competing against each and every one of them. It, it was like one of the supporting moments as like a commentator, I remember, I mean, you were, you were looking like you were in that pole position and you were in a great position at the Worlds in Sweden. It was in Sweden. Ida comes out with that last deadlift, which was like that Hail Mary, this is, we need this. Correct me if I'm wrong, because we've done the story before, Ida, but you had missed your second attempt, right? Yeah. And then, exactly. and then Chloe hit her, her last attempt, deadlift? Yeah. And then it looked like ordinarily with the amount of sessions I've seen, usually what happens, you put in your third, give a couple tugs in the bar, doesn't happen, you wave to the crowd, thank you very much, I gave it a go. And, and usually that is that, you don't get stronger in a five minute period, but special things happen in sports. That's why nominations go out the window, you know, and that's why you gotta play it on the field against competition, because things like, you know, people get inspired. And you were at home in the world championships being held at home. Um, and when you hit that deadlift and you were like almost tears of joy running to the side of the platform, first person who greets you was Chloe. Congratulating you. And I was like, for Chloe's maturity at that age, I would have been like, oh, fuck, fuck this. Hell no. What? I would have been like so <laughs> upset. Like, get the fucking cameras off the face. I would have been, it would have been bad. You know, like, I would not at early 20s been like that. But Chloe's like, greets you, shakes your hand, congratulations, whatever. I was like, oh, damn. It was, 
when you're when you're like the commentator and we're we're like on the YouTube Olympic channel, whatever, anyone tuning in to check it out, it was exactly the scenario you want to play out for someone to become a fan. Where they're like, look how dramatic this is, first off. The swang of momentum, two athletes pushing themselves to the very end. The outcome is is always in doubt, right up to the very end. A massive comfort behind win by, by the local lifter, which is always great storyline as well. And then, oh, look it, Chloe meeting you on the sidelines to congratulate you. But that was that was a moment, man. That was it. I hope I'm not stealing your answer to my question, but this is my segue. Um, what is your happiest moment? Maybe give me two, because I think I might've just totally jacked one of yours from you, sorry. But uh, what's a couple moments that stand out for you personally and also as a fan in the 72s? Are you asking me now? I'm asking you now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I totally agree with you. Uh, the Junior Worlds 2019 was one of mine uh, I was supposed to talk about. Um, and the biggest thing with this Worlds, it was my first. Uh, and to do this with Chloe, uh, the most genuine uh, woman I ever met at um, a competition before. Because earlier uh, I had just done a few... Uh, nationals here in Sweden uh, where I won um, but I've never had I have had um, Vilma Olsson by my side my whole career at the 72 class um, but she was sent with me this uh, year uh, at Worlds uh, but she was supposed to but she got got injured uh, so I was like, yeah, I go by myself then. I, I always had her by myself uh, side. And she, and she have uh, always won uh, when I have been with her. So going to Worlds uh, without uh, Vilma, uh, I felt quite lonely, I think, because I have had no clue which people I was going to meet. Um, I'm a person who... I'm not uh, like <laughs> going through the internet to see who's going to compete uh, and so on. I just need to have my bags, first of all, with me, uh, <laughs> know which train I'm going with and uh, stuff like that. Um, and under the warm up, I, I didn't know who Chloe was. I didn't know who anyone was. But at, as we talked uh, earlier, um, when I saw Chloe's bench press, I knew who Chloe was and I knew who, who I was <laughs> going up to at the deadlifts. <laughs> I remember on our podcast when we were talking about it and you said, I didn't know who Chloe was walking in there. I was like, that might've helped because it alleviates some tension, like some anxiety yeah. you might've had. And then you were saying how after squats, it was tight battle, but you were, I think a stitch ahead. And you're like, all right, mm -hmm. not bad. We're good. We're good. And then uh, bench came and you're like, Excuse me, pardon me? <laughs> what, the, what the fuck is this all about? And Chloe's got like a monster bench. And you were looking at your coach like, are we okay? Were you guys aware that she, am I, am I the only one here? And it's like, it's okay. We're going to be okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's too bad Vilma Olsen. It's tough because um, Jessica knows about Vilma. Like she's a feisty competitor, been at the Worlds in, in Canada, actually, when the roles are slightly reversed, uh, yeah. her and Jessica battling in Canada, Jessica trying to take the Junior World Championships in her home nation. And it's too bad that Vilma wasn't there for when Sweden was hosting. However, that opens a door for people to step up to the plate like yourself, oh, yeah. right? 
Yeah. And then it's right. like a huge coming out party for yourself, for everybody yeah. watching. As a fan, because you weren't overly watching and paying attention, um, do you have a moment as a fan or were you, do you generally not watch as a fan and, and pay attention to the sport like that? Uh, I pay attention to the sport. Uh, when I was starting powerlifting, uh, Isabella von Weissenberg uh, was my biggest... I remember my, my first coach said, Ida, one day you will compete against um, Isabella. And I was like... You're like, are you trying yeah. to scare me or encourage me? Exactly. <laughs> so she has always been my biggest um, role model, I think, in powerlifting. Uh, and at Worlds, I, I, she came to me, uh, sat next to me and watching uh, one of her um, students or one person he was coaching uh, of the men's and was sitting next to me and talking about powerlifting. I was like, <laughs> wait. <laughs> This is really happening. And I saw a few of you guys there and can read what were your experiences afterwards and, and stuff like that. And then so stuff came uh, like it became so I couldn't I could touch uh, the things I could read and see and I can feel what you feel because I've never experienced that before earlier. Um, so that's one of my biggest things I remember. I know what you mean when you say, so sometimes people talk about how, like, they might hit certain records unofficially at local meets, etc., which is good, like, gravity's gravity all throughout the world, I get that, but there's a difference between, kind of like you're saying, where fly across the world, different time zones, cut some, cut some weight, whatever, have the greatest powerlifters in the world, now they're there, mm -hmm. like, not on Instagram, and you're chasing Kimberly's deadlift record or whatever, whoever's record, that's different. Have her there. So she's yeah. going to chip you and push you and make you make attempts you're not comfortable with. Or it's, it's, there's a reason why there's sports and it's game time as opposed to just an arbitrary number. Nobody else is there. You're at a local meet. It's a whole nother game. And when you show up to like an arena in Isabella von Weisenberg's 20 feet tall on the side of the building <laughs> and on every single bus stop when we were coming from the the airport to the hotel you see posters she's literally the poster girl and you're like oh it's the 72s it was uh yeah it's different you can't tell like if when people talk about like it doesn't matter if it's a local meet worlds or whatever it's like man you 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 haven't been there i know you haven't been there then if you say <laughs> that well i'm i'm commentating i'll get like weird goosebumps i'll go into the warm-up I'm, I'm that dude, like, I don't even know if I'm allowed to, but I do anyways. I go in the warm-up room beforehand, I'm like, getting the vibe, soaking it up. Like, it's all, like, you can feel the energy, I'm like, whoo, shit, it's gonna happen. And then I skirt around into my seat, throwing the headphones, and I'm amped, I'm ready. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a whole nother experience when you're actually there and people, like, six feet in front of you, and these are the people you've been following on social media the whole time. It can work either way. You could go a little too... It can take your energy when you're nervous, a little too excited and you can't compose yourself or when you need it and you're like, this is it. <laughs> oh, we got a guest here. <laughs> Someone else jumping in. Um, how about you, Jessica? What are, and you can have a couple, you can have more than one moment if you want. I'm not gonna pin you down to one, but on the personal side and as a fan, what are some moments? 
Uh -huh. Oh man, um, can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, I can. Okay, um, my favorite moment was definitely Worlds last year because not only did I get to finally compete against everyone I'd been watching for so long, but I actually, uh, I got to meet them. <laughs> so that was one thing. I was always super excited to meet Kim and Anna as well, because there's some people that I've been watching. But yeah, last year at Worlds was just the most competitive weight class I could ever imagine. And then I also just pushed so hard to get there and training for that. I don't think I've ever up until Canadian Nationals this year, pushed myself that hard. So it was just awesome meeting everyone, let alone competing with them. And then I was really, really excited for Worlds this year. So I thought that was going to be the highlight, but I guess not. <laughs> it is it's what it is, right? It's, I know what you mean. So it's funny that you picked that one over um, the juniors. Like you had uh, two junior wins. And this is, I know... Looking at the open, that's another, we've talked about it. It's another ball game. And, and I think that's probably where Ida and, and Chloe were on, on national levels, maybe competing in, in the open, but got robbed of not being able to do that in the open at the Worlds. But it's whole, it's different when you're in the open. The vibe is different and everything. It's, it's something special about it. However, those junior wins were also still big. I'll like myself, never forget when 2016 in Texas, um, I remember I, I was doing King of Lifts, but it wasn't like powerlifting in general. We didn't have quite like the star stars like we did right now in terms of the amount of following. Like you got guys like Russell Orhe who have like over 300,000 followers. At the time, if you had 100,000, that was crazy. So we, we, you don't know everyone like we know everyone now, okay, in 2016. And I remember going in there as a commentator and um, Randy, I told you the story before, but Randy, who was helping out with King of Lifts, doing co-hosting as well, is like, you know, I think we got, we got a talent there in the 72 juniors. Um, her name's Jessica Bittner, but he's telling me everything. I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, and it's like, I'm, I'm like, I'm good, man, whatever. Don't bother me. And I'm, he's trying to give me scouting. And then the, you step up and, and take it in your last deadlift and I was like, oh shit. I remember messaging Randy and being like, hey, we got one, Jessica Bittner. And he's like, dude, he's like, did you scroll up? Like three weeks ago, I've been telling you, I've been telling you repost, it's, you know, this is a future here. And I'm like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. But um, that was a huge, a massive showing for yourself, kind of establishing yourself on the world scene. And then holy moly, when you came back uh, in Canada, Chloe's there, Vilma Olsen's there, and um, Chloe's still a teenager at the time. Um, Chloe, how old are you right now? You're still super young. Uh, I'm 20. <laughs> oh, freak, man. You were a teenager oh three weeks yeah. ago, for God's sake. Yeah, like, um, so super duper young. But, um, like, just in, that was 2016 and 2018, in two years, the competition, holy smokes, let alone now in 2020. I mean, talk, tell me about those wins, the difference between your 2016 win and your 2018 win. Honestly, 2016, I love that because I got the last deadlift of the day. So like everyone's on their feet, people I don't know are cheering for me. It was the weirdest, but the coolest thing ever. But the competition was so much higher with Chloe and Wilma in uh, 2018. 
Um, I actually, I probably would have named 2018 as my highlight, but Chloe was injured. So she didn't, yeah, she wasn't able to hit all the lifts that I knew she could in training. And I was actually disappointed because I wanted to have that battle going on. And Still just, to this day, I'm like, <laughs> like, obviously I learned things like about myself in competing injured. And I'm sure that everyone who's competed injured can say that, but like, that still is just something that like just tears me up because we haven't been able to like actually compete against each other since then. And so I'm like, ah, yeah. And, sure. and moving forward, but we'll, we'll get to this in a second. This is maybe something that's not going to happen depending on which way you ladies go in terms of choosing your new weight classes. We'll get to that in a second. I don't want to skip along. Kristen knows about competing injured. Kristen, is that something for you that you're like, because the 72s are closing. And I remember watching like the type of, I know the pain you were in back there. You were saying, I seen you in the warm-up room and you were like, I gotta close this show. Like you were not, you hummed and hot about going and you're like, man, this is not gonna be the performance I want. But was that bittersweet looking at it now, knowing the 72 kilo class is may never happen again. And that yeah. could be the final worlds in the greatest depth of competition with Kimberly and all, you know, some of the greatest lifters we've ever had. Now that you look back, are you glad you went? Yeah, I think at the time it was stressful because to it, I knew that going into that meet, it wasn't going to be a great meet. Uh, and I think I spoke to you about it and actually quite a few friends about me. I'm like, I, I'm just going to pull out. Like, why would I do this? Like, I'm not going to win. Why am I, um, you know, or I'm not going to do well. Why, why would I even go? And I think you were kind of just like, you know, this is a, you know, how many people get to say that they get to compete on the world stage? You know, who knows if you'll ever get this opportunity again. Um, if, you know, like this is, it's an experience um, and just to have fun with it. And so uh, at the time, like when it was happening, like in the warm up room, and I was really upset just because I started warming up and I was in pain and I was like, I can't do this, I don't want to do this. Um, but then afterwards, like once it was finished, I think it kind of was like, you know what, I'm glad I did because like you said, this is an experience that like not many people get to have. Um, and it might be my only chance at ever competing at the world stage. So, you know, like I might as well just do it. Um, so yeah, it was definitely bittersweet. It was hard at the time watching everyone else, but, um, I'm definitely glad that I went. Here's the thing. Like coming up through to the U.S. is a gift and a curse. Everybody watches U.S. Raw Nationals. You make the U.S. world team and everyone knows who you are, so it's great. There's added pressure, obviously. But on the flip side, if you don't go, when even if you're injured, you, yeah, you, it is so deep, the competition. You may never, it's, it's nobody can take for granted that they're going to make it. Well, there's next year. Well, maybe but maybe not. It is so deep into, and when we say not many people are going to be able to say they went to the world's. I know you ladies have been there. Some of you, some of you multiple times and you kind of maybe forget you could kind of take for granted. Hey, yeah, man, I've been to a lot of worlds, but it is so tip of the spear when you crunch the numbers, how many people power lift all over the world and how many people will ever come close to the elite level that you ladies have posted or anybody at the world's have posted and actually make it that far. It is, these are, those are moments, man. You will never get it back again. When you say like, I was a national champion. I went to the world championships. Who'd you compete against? Well, have you heard of 
Kimberly Walford? Have you heard of Jessica Bailey? Have you heard of the Quake Kid? You know, it's, it's something that you have that no one can ever take from you. But I know also what you mean when you say, regardless of where you would have been, even if your rank didn't budge one iota, if you felt like you gave 100%, like the best showing you possibly could, it's easier to hang your hat on that and be like, I'm okay. If it's second, third, fifth, sixth, 100, I, I fucking brought it. And I gave everyone seeing what I could do. It's easier to walk away and be like, I'm all right. I'm satisfied. It's okay. Hats off. And I know you mean where that anyone who's lifted long enough has had those days where you're like, ah, that's, I don't like that. That was the big, I don't like the numbers I had there. That wasn't the way it was supposed to be, but it is kind of the sport the way it is, right? Yeah, for sure. How about yourself, Daniela? As obviously in the 84s, I mean, you've had, you've won worlds, broken records, you've done it all. Um, it's weird. How old are you? You're still young as hell too. Like for me, you guys are all young, but how old are you? I'm 21. Well, see, holy freaking, to be a veteran, a, a grizzly veteran at 21. <laughs> but um, for yourself, I mean, you've been the world championships and, and done it all as well, all the way up from nationals to the world championships. But watching, um, as a fan of the sport, watching the 72s, do you have a favorite moment for the 72s? Man, that's hard for me. I think the 72s is my favorite class to watch. But I think if I had to choose one, it would be this past Worlds. Uh, you know, watching Kimberly come back and take the win and then just Jessica and Anna and Isabella. It's just such a stacked weight class. It's so much fun to watch. You guys are all badasses and I admire you all. <laughs> to say the least, yeah. That's why I say where it is bittersweet. Look, um, I'll go last. For, for myself, I think the best moment was the 2019 World Championships uh, because it was super stacked. It doesn't always live up. Like these showdowns don't always live up. It doesn't always, the, sometimes the battle turns into a hunt and, and you're like, well, kind of hoping, like for instance, the 74s between Taylor and Kajel, previously Kajel had beaten Taylor and we were hoping even if Taylor's gonna win, it'd be a push and we'd have a showdown, but the battle turns into a hunt and it just becomes, you know, Taylor was eating food. But you ladies put on a phenomenal show right up to the very last deadlift. And if Is it could, true we were number two? What's that? View? Is it true we were number two on viewings for weight classes? Uh, I'm not sure about that. I'd have to double check who's number one then. What is it, Ray and the big boys? <laughs> that makes, I mean, that's, 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 I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it because, like, because they're very tough. To, it almost doesn't, they're almost always the, the 120 pluses. But um, I remember going in when we were doing the, when we were analyzing the different weight classes, I remember it's like, this is one through five, six. Like any, if someone has a good day, it's going to come down. We knew it was going to come down to the last deadlift. It always is with Kimberly in the picture. But this was one of the first years where we had to talk about could this be it? You know, we had Kimberly on before the Worlds. And I remember um, asking, like, Kimberly, you, like, you don't lose. And statistically speaking in sports, if you stick around long enough, now in your 40s, you're like, eventually. And I remember my co-host, Paul, is like, are you jinxing it right now, man? Would you stop saying that? And I'm like, I'm just saying, it's crazy. Your dominance, if you, if, it's kind of like if you keep watching, eventually you can't. Now we know, and this is what makes this World Championships the perfect one to end on, okay? The fact that um, Kimberly was gone for the previous year, came back, 
So the Queen of the 72s comes back. Whoop, we lost Jessica. She's coming back. The Queen of the 72s returns. We didn't know at the time, but for her to return, and it might be the final 72 World Championships, just to make it a little juicier storyline. Oh, and by the way, it is the most stacked 72 kilo class we've ever seen. Oh, and by the way, it might be the most stacked class powerlifting had at that World Championships. It was the perfect final cap for the 72s. If you were going to end it, the queen returns, all the young lionesses are there, including rivals from previous years like Anna, multiple time world champions, to the world champions moving up, Jessica moving up from the juniors. It was like the perfect, and, and the lifters were scattered throughout the world, so it was proper representation worldwide as well, which is not always the case. So it was like the perfect send-off. And then, of course, right down to the very last deadlift. Had all the ingredients. So for me, if I'm going to remember the pinnacle of the 72s, it's going to be 2019. And then after that win the, on the Olympic Channel, we were doing our recap of the biggest moments. And um, I said the 72s, and I said, I think that win would cement, for now anyways, 20 years, whatever we'll talk. But for now, anyways, Kimberly as the GOAT of uh, not just the 72s, uh, not just the women's division, but period in the IPF Classic because dollar for dollar, show me a resume is stacked. What do you guys think? Is there anybody with a resume like Kimberly's at this point? Because the only other person might be Jen Thompson in a head-to-head -head matchup should be Jen Thompson. That's the tipping factor, right? Be tough to argue. You'd be tough to argue. So that's why it's like the perfect. Oh, there it is. That's that's where we close this 72 kilo. Just for division. fun. The only thing I can think of that Jen Thompson has that Kim, Kim, do you have world, a world record in a class other than the 72s? Talk to her in two years. I used to in 63s. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. was the only thing I could think of that Jen Thompson might have that she doesn't, but yeah. I mean, if it's not Kimberly, it's Jen. I, I'm a, oh, I'm Jen not saying is, one way or the other. I'm just, yeah, it's tough. I'm yeah, whatever. We know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Kimberly's like, Kimberly's like, I'll see you in the 69. Okay, that's it. Oh, man. <laughs> I think Kim's got it for sure. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah. If it wasn't, like, I think Jen is definitely the number two and it, it's close and depending on what would have happened if someone if if like that that I mean after 2019 worlds that was where the debate ended I think going into that I had had debates on the King of this podcast and we we could flip-flop between Jen and Kimberly after that year it's kind of like okay well that, that's gonna be a tough resume to beat um so moving forward looking at where we might be going 72s are no longer. Let's just say, I mean, it hasn't been voting on, but we're, wink, wink, we're pretty sure. Don't you love how he keeps saying that? 72s is no longer, but it's not official yet. But <laughs> not official. I mean, I just don't want <laughs> Gaston or somebody hit me up and be like, you got to stop, you got to slow your roll. Or <laughs> I don't want to, I've covered my bases. But let's just say, okay? So we're going to have the 69s and 76s. Let's roll around this, the table here. Talk about which weight class you're going to go in. And, and Daniela hasn't announced nothing and hasn't said nothing, but she's here. <laughs> but she's here. Right? But, we'll, but anyway, we'll get there. We'll save her for last. But she did join the group. 
<laughs> but anyways, um, I can tell you right now, Angelina, um, who the European, current European champion and holder of the 72 world record has stated, there's no way she's making 69. She's going 76. And uh, so there you have it. Izzy um, didn't make it on this. I'm pretty sure she's going to be a 69. I'd have to double check, but I would be shocked if she went 76. This is for the current anyways right now. A few years down the road, who knows? But we all know she went, she tried an attempt at 63 and came real close. And her numbers, while just a few kilo below, she was still hitting PR. So it stands to reason she'll do quite well in terms of her performance in 69. So we'll put that out the way for those two. Um, and let's start off right back to Kimberly. I think I, we, we know where you're going, but make it official. Well, then I shouldn't even you? answer them if you already know which way I'm going. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't even know which way I'm going. Um, well, I always kind of weigh in light. So it could be 69, but there's a possibility I could still also compete 76. I'm already in the weight class either way. Dude, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I've been around for almost 20 years now. Come on. This is true. I just, I got to go with what happens at that point in the cycle and determine that what's going to be the best decision for me, which is what I'm sure everyone else is doing. Right. And it's no secret. Uh, we all kind of keep tabs on each other. So uh, we just got to go with what's going to be best for us at the time. It's also, I should also mention, um, Anna had said, who, who didn't join us today, but she said she's going to go 69. And also, let's, let's throw out there, in powerlifting, in the women's division, only two people are multiple weight class champions. You guys want to guess who that is? It's Kimberly and Anna. And if they both go into the 69-kilo class, they'll show down and meet each other, and only one of them will be the triple crown champion. Love how he it sets the stuff up. Oh, ah, it's almost like this is what I do. <laughs> I'm terrible. I'm terrible. But it would be it would be a phenomenal showdown in the 69s. Um, have you thought about that? How I mean you're right, you do have the possibility of jumping up to 76, making a run at it, and then cutting down to 69. And you could be a light 76. That's a possibility. Um, and and there's time. You know, you can see how your body feels if you're like, I'm not sure about cutting. But historically speaking, do you cut much to make 72? Or do you walk in no. pretty much right on the line, right? And even sometimes no. under. Yeah. Walk around around 72, like on 72 or under. So it's never really been in me having to make weight for 72. 63, that was a different story. But so I was happy to move up to 72. Yeah. And do you, I know you're kind of holding your cards close to your chest here without giving a straight, uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're dipping and dodging and I can't quite get you down here. But um, so for now, you would say you haven't decided or is there one that you're probably leaning towards because it feels like a more natural fit? Yes, there's one that I'm leaning towards because it feels more natural. Okay. <laughs> and here's another question I give you. Does some of it also depend on because after coming off the 2019 and having that hype with the depth of competition and like, you know, it's, it's far more exciting when there's people around. Would it matter to you what other people are doing? You're like, let me be invited to that party. Cause that party looks like a party. Or are you like, you know what? I'll just listen to my body. I don't care who shows up. Either way I would go. It's going to be a battle. 
and I'm not saying it just because it sounds nice, it's the truth. It's either you got us coming from the 72s who are dropping down to the 69s, or you got people who are already in the 72s and people dropping down from the 84. So either way, it's going to be, none of, none of this is easy. Yeah. Either way you go. Yeah, fair enough. How about you, Chloe? How, how are you feeling? Which way do you want to move if the 72s close? I will say that I haven't weighed 69 keys since I ate my butt off and tried to make like closer to 72 keys. And that was like for my first nationals. So that was my sophomore year of high school. So it's been a few years since I've been 69 keys. Um, I, I remember that month I gained like seven, no, I think almost 10 pounds like in a month. And I was like, oh my gosh. But anyways, yeah, I hasn't been since then that I've been that light. Um, but because it's not too far off of 72, I wouldn't, I, I don't know. I, I think it's definitely an option. It's not like 63 where I'm like, no way. Um, but 76 would be comfortable for me. I gotta say, yeah. It's, well, yeah, for sure. It's definitely either easier to eat up than have to like die yeah. it down and whatnot. The thing is, it is, while 76 is comfortable and, and obviously far easier to wrap your head around than going up to 84, but the 72 to 69 is a lot closer. And mm -hmm. how much of a water, which, like in terms of water cut, would it be a whole lot of dieting? Would it just be a couple pounds and then water cut it from there and it's, it's okay. Um, I mean, if I if I lay it out, I can get down to it. It's just you know you got to plan it just like anything yeah. else. Um, but I don't really water cut, so yeah, I I just don't get along with water cuts that well. I don't like doing them. Um, so usually I just do a, a caloric cut because it's what has always worked for me. And I, I messed around with a a couple different things this past year in order to try to like not do the caloric cut but the caloric cut is just what works so basically if i go 69 it's because it's actually comfortable for me if it's not comfortable i don't i don't want to mess with it yeah i'll tell you um jessica can tell you all about some water cuts and <laughs> I, I think there's I nobody like more, more happier of not having to cut than jessica um we'll get to jessica in one second uh, kristen which way are you swinging on this you were 63 Jumped up to 72, but somewhat small for a 72. So what are you thinking? I mean, I was always small on the smaller side of 62. I think the first meet that I just didn't cut weight for 63, when I just, I weighed like 68 kilos or something. So I've always been on the smaller side. I actually like walk around at like 69, 70 kilos. So it's kind of, I guess for me, unless I wanted to give myself an opportunity to, to grow into the 76, but if I'm barely grown into 72s, I think I'll just walk around at what I weigh in at, which is closer to 69. And how do you feel about doing water cuts and whatnot? Uh, going through them, they suck. Um, I haven't done anything as extreme as like Jess has done other than doing like a water loading kind of for 63. Um, but they're not my, I mean, it's just uncomfortable. I mean, I can do it if I wanted to, but um, if I don't like, why would it, if I don't have to? And right. that was mm -hmm. yeah, a little uncomfortable. It's not my favorite thing ever. I had a conversation. Um, I'll bring it to Jess now, but I had a conversation 
with, um, I can't remember if it was which podcast, but we were talking about initially the new weight classes. And I was like, look at, um, at the Commonwealth championships, Jessica was, I think it was 77 and change. And, um, 76 is more reasonable right there in terms of, you know, could add on some kilos and not do as big a water cut. And then they were hypothesizing saying, listen, it'll start out like that. But when you're competitive and you're like, well, I didn't like it, but I know I could cut like eight kilo of water or something ridiculous. I know I can and still do what you did at Canadian nationals. This is probably exaggeration, but work with me. And then um, at the Canadian nationals, you did what you did. And it was just a silly water cut. It becomes the temptation where it's like, well, what happens if Jessica just decides I'm going 76, but I'm going to walk around as like 82 and I am going, you know, you're going to see a whole different type side of Jessica. What is your attempt? I think we all know you're not going 69 because you chopped like three fingers off to make 72 last time. But um, what is your take on the 76? How excited are you? And are you thinking now I'll do smaller water cuts? Or do you think you're like, let's just see what happens. Keep the water cuts big and let's see these numbers just fly. Oh man. Well, okay. To start off, there's an absolutely 0%, maybe even negative chance that I ever do 69 kilos because I am too big for the 72s. And I have been probably for the last like three years, I want to say. Um, although I've structured like a body weight caloric type cut well for the past few championships, but Canadian nationals was the hardest water cut I've ever done in my life. So I think I'm going to try to not gain any more weight for sure. Cause right now I weigh 80 kilos and that's like already a pretty decent cut to 76. So I will not be bulking too hard to hit 76 for sure. I am so amped that they're going to be adding it. Let me tell you, because 72 <laughs> is just such a struggle. and <laughs> I absolutely hate having to do that intense of a water cut. And also having done a couple of meets, like I did Commonwealth's last fall as an 84 and put on a muscle preparing for that. It is a slippery slope. And I almost, almost did not make 72 for Canadian nationals and probably would have been in big trouble for worlds this year. I was going to ask you where it's got to be a bit of bittersweet because what you did at Canadian nationals was, I mean, Canadian nationals has really in terms of officiating, people talk about the CPU bench pauses, whatnot. Yes. Like the calls aren't <laughs> loose, we'll say for sure. It's some tough calls. So under some good conditions, like like standard good conditions, um, you hit a monster total. Was that 565 or 562 and a half? I think 562 and a half. Okay. Which yeah. is crazy. So it's got to be different. But you were also like, man, this world's better hurry up because... <laughs> Your story of the water cut, the weight cut for that Canadian Nationals was insane. You were saran wrapping yourself and like and putting in and going into the sauna. And um, I've seen it at the World Championships in Sweden and they were breaking out. They were like meeting you down like dough trying to get muscles. I, I, I'm not sure what the, there's a science behind it, but you're cramping up like crazy. And they were trying to get you back to life, so to speak. And, um, and you, you always performed and it worked out for you, 
but um, it was getting tougher and tougher each and every time. And the Canadian Nationals was your best showing, but the hardest to make weight. And you had said, I mean, Canadian Nationals is four months away to June. And when they pushed it from June to possibly the fall, it's like, oh, man. The more you weight lift, you know what the side effect of weightlifting is? Muscle mass, right? Yeah, it's just exactly. The way it is. So, is this bittersweet for you to be like, man, if one or the other, if they could have just not canceled Worlds, because Canada's not going to Worlds even if Worlds happens, and then done the 72, it didn't fully align for you. You didn't kind of get that. You're leaving the 72s without that world championship moment where you could have just been like, let me have this moment at Worlds, which is tough. So it's got to be a little bittersweet for you in terms of, okay, I'm happy there's 76s, but timing wasn't greatest. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing that I was, um, I, I almost, I almost gave up water cutting in nationals. Um, I usually plan them better and because of work and stuff, it just, it was, it was bad because of what I did. Like I could have made it a lot easier on myself. Um, I almost gave up except for the fact that in my mind, because I didn't get the initial invite to Sheffield, that was what was fueling my training for, um, for, for nationals. So that's the, literally the only reason I didn't give up on that water cut. That was out of spite. <laughs> it was. It hundred percent was. You know like, I understand. Of, you know how much gets done out of spite? It just, a lot of accomplishments, <laughs> right? How many world titles fall? But it, it was a hell of a show. Like, and I know you mean, uh, and um, your last deadlift made it on, was it the ESPN? Yeah, ESPN reposted it, which I've never seen them post powerlifting pretty much at all, which is pretty insane. I'm glad, yeah, some things were working in our favor. Because were we in full-on lockdown yet? In March? Yeah, so that was the thing is Canadian Nationals happened, and then there was no sports. So then powerlifting is getting posted on all these more like mainstream type media. And I thought that was hilarious because it's literally, <laughs> yeah, Cash one week in. into no sports. <laughs> Timing is everything, right? As they say in life. It is. So you're a 76 and let's move to Ida. Which way do you feel you're going to go? Uh, when I start doing weightlifting like four years ago, uh, my body weight was uh, 63 kilos uh, and I never thought I was that I could fill in the 72 class and my coach said um, you know I think the 84 is something for you and I was like no way I'm never going to get that body weight uh, and today I weight like I weight 76. Um, Whoa really? Yes. <laughs> so you're right there. Uh, I'm right there and I'm comfortable with it. So I think 76 is, uh, it's great for me. And I'm doing weightlifting full time right now. Uh, and that makes my powerlifting even better. Even my bench press, I do that once a week. And that's in my weightlifting program. Um, and in the weightlifting classes, there's 76 too. Um, so... Did they poach you? Did they, did they like the Olympic weightlifting team contact you and try to get you to start doing Olympic weightlifting or did you do that on your own? I did it on my own. Yeah, because they've been poaching our lifters and I don't know how I feel about that. So <laughs> people have come on and they're like, yeah, they contacted me. I'm like, what the shit? And um, 
with the USAPL president on the last podcast. And I asked him, like, how do you feel? Do you know they're doing this? They're like poaching our people. And I don't want to lose anybody. And he's like, oh, it's kind of a compliment. I'm like, well, kind of, but you know, I, I guess you could do both. But there yeah. isn't a lot of people going to the Olympics who are also, there's a couple, but it, it's not nearly as common to do both. Are you going to try to swing both at the same time on a competitive level or is this more like a hobbyist thing? Uh, this year, I, I'm, I'm not think, I haven't think about it so much. Uh, this year, I, I was more like, I take, as a, take it as it, as it comes. Uh, and now it seems, I think Sweden doesn't, um, aren't supposed to go to Worlds. Um, but the national um, competitions in weightlifting is going through this year. Wow. Um, so I, I'm going for that piece because that's the only competition right now. Hmm. Makes sense. Well, by the, then I need to compete, I think. <laughs> Where is those world championships for Olympic weightlifting? What? What nation is it taking place for the Olympic uh, in, weightlifting? Uh, in September. And, and what country is it going to be in? Uh, it, it wasn't worlds. Uh, it's the national. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Cool. Oh, yeah. national. I thought you were yeah. saying natural. I was like, I think it's all tested, though. <laughs> My English, you know? <laughs> I was like, I think, I think I thought it was like a, a language communication problem there. I was like, I got you. Yeah, no, it should be natural. <laughs> but, but uh, how about you, Daniela? How, I've seen you've been doing some boxing. It seems like all of hybrids doing boxing now. I don't know if that's in the programming. You guys got to throw hands. You guys are ready, but you stay ready. But um, how do you feel about the 76s opening up? And what are your plans for the future? Uh, it's exciting. Sounds really exciting. I guess uh, officially unofficial, I would be cutting to the 76s. Officially unofficial, I like that. Well worded. <laughs> I'm going to start using that. Um, is it nice to have, is it like almost like uh, a new beginning now because you get to almost see how, who's going to show up first off, and we're starting to see a bit now, but it's almost like an entirely brand, it is a brand spanking new weight class, but new storylines are going to unfold and we get to see, and it's like a new challenge for yourself too. I mean, you get to start making new goals here and they're new, like for all of you ladies who are going into new weight classes, if you have to do different cuts, it's going to be different PRs. And um, I mean, I've done different weight classes myself and man, it's sometimes the body weight comes down and the strength comes down initially. And then you do things like reverse dieting. And that's when counting macros, calories, et cetera, becomes, comes into the fold and, and the programming adjusts to that. Have you talked to people in terms of like, are you going to have a, a diet coach involved and maybe hybrid nutrition is going to be involved in this? And do you, have you gone that far yet? Or for right now, you're going to just smash some weights, see how things unfold and take it like that? Yeah, I definitely want to hire a nutrition coach. I don't think I'd be able to do it alone. Uh, I have some people in mind, but I haven't done anything official yet. But yeah, cutting was something that I've wanted to do for a really, really long time, almost basically since I started powerlifting. And then, you know, I did, so my first meet was a local meet, and then I went straight to nationals, and then I went straight to worlds, junior worlds. And you become a world champion, and it's fun. It's a lot of fun for a while. And I'm like, okay, what's a new, what's a new challenge? What are some new goals? And I was thinking 
multiple world champion at different weight classes. So that's and what I'd like to do. Unfortunately, the 72 to 84 is the biggest, like that's a crazy jump. 14 yeah. kilo, 25 pounds. If your goal is multiple champion weight class, like, well, you're kind of in the middle of like nowhere in terms of weight classes. If you're looking around, it's like, holy man, this is, how is this going to happen? And yeah. um, 25 pounds, you're not going to, like, how, how do you feel strong after that? That's going to be very, you're going to be an entirely different human being. Yeah. So when you heard this 76 kilo class, wh who told you? Was it us? Would I reach out? Was that, sorry? Was it? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, hell yes. Hell yeah. yes, I'm involved. Yeah. Yeah, so no, I, guess, I know that cutting to 72 was definitely going to be a long road. But it was something that I really wanted to do. And now when I heard the 76, I was like, hell yeah. Especially? Sheffield was going to be my last meet as an 84. And then when that got canceled, I was like, should I stay and do 84? One more meet? And I'm like, nah, I think, I think I'm ready. Well, it's, when this weight class opens up, if you've been tinkering with 72, this has got to be looking a whole lot better. Um, looking at it with the 72s and being a fan of the 72s and being, you know, seeing what happened in the 2019 World Championships and now possibly being a part of it and possibly lifting with some of these lifters. Like, what does that mean? And are you excited when you look around like, hey man, if I can lift with, Kimberly's not telling us exactly which way she's going, but if I can lift with Kimberly, if Kimberly does go 76 and I'm lift, lifting with the GOAT or, you know, whether it's Jessica, who's really coming into her own, um, or any of these ladies, right? Whoever comes, Kristen's not going 76, but Ida, whoever's going 76, is that exciting as well? Having new storylines and possibly lifting with some of these ladies you've been looking up to, like Kimberly from, from the get-go? Oh my God, yeah, it's so exciting. Kind of scary, kind of exciting at the same time. <laughs> It is though, right? Yeah. Where you walk into the warm up room, you're like, holy shit, now yeah, I'm yeah. in there. I remember my uh, second nationals, I think it was the one in Orlando. And I remember watching Kimberly just dominate, absolutely crush it. And at that point, I was like, eventually I'm going to cut to 72. And I remember watching her because at that time, I was, obviously she was pulling 500 plus pounds and I was pulling in the mid to high fours. And I'm like, damn, I'm at 84 and I've cut 25 pounds and she's over here pulling 500 plus pounds. It was scary, but it's exciting. It's tough to do the math when you're thinking, yeah, like that's a massive cut. Yeah. Um, looking at it, because they're changing the 72s, do you guys feel like that was the move to make? Um, and we'll go around the table here, but there's some people who said, leave the 72s alone because there was such a... a amazingly talented class leave the 72s if, if that's probably your deepest division class and target maybe the difference between 84 plus put something around 90 kilo range or on the lower end doing something what do you guys feel about do you think the 72s was the appropriate class to target because it was the deepest division and there was talent you could split and it'd still be healthy or do you think why did you break up the band you know, why'd you Yoko Uno us here? We had a good thing going. Conspiracy against the 72s. That's what I What's no. conspiracy? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Too much attention. Break them up. Break them up. Um, what do you think, Kimberly? You, do you think it was, if you had to pick, you, do you think this is a good move? Or would you have opted something else? 
I mean, I said it is what it is. Like when I when I heard about it, I was like, well, it is what it is. We'll just have to either go up or stay where we are. Um, I was thinking more like uh, probably throwing something after the 84s, like putting like a 90 plus, because you know sometimes when you're dealing with you know super you know heavyweight, sometimes it could be a difference of 25 to 50 kilos difference in body weight versus us. It's less than some of the others, but in the end, it's like all we can do is adapt. So I was like, fine, it is what it is. I'll just adapt. Did you have feelings of, because you had done so much in 72, it was almost nostalgic, like, shit, man, that was my run. That was my... Of course um, not. Oh, hell yeah, I did. <laughs> 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 I'm getting rid of it, but like I said, it is what it is. Like, nothing is forever. You just got to keep adapting as things move forward. Amen. So. And when one door closes and one chapter comes to an end, another one's going to open up and it opens up other opportunities like Triple Crown, triple crown Championships and the inevitable showdown with Anna. I've been dealing with these showdowns for years, so. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you're right. You're not exactly going to get Razzle. You're like, all right, yeah, I got you. It's always a showdown. The pressure's constantly there, so it's, it's, I don't have to worry about being prepared for it because I see these ladies every year. So yeah. all I can do is just do what I do to get ready like everybody else, you know? Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, how do you think, Chloe? Do you think in terms of shutting down the 72s, would you have hoped that they shut down a different division or do you think 72 is appropriate? I guess I was kind of surprised. Um, I, I knew that at some point in time last year, there was like a petition that went around about like whether or not as USAPL members, we would be interested in adding a weight class above 84s or like whether we thought that was a good idea. I'm not sure. Maybe someone else remembers this send out that happened, but um that was the only one that I was like aware of and so when they came out with splitting the 72 class um I I definitely think it makes sense but I was just kind of surprised that they weren't adding one because I thought that was like the plan you know so um but what I've heard from other people is that the argument was that the U.S. would have an advantage in having that heavier and then like the um some like other countries have an advantage with the really lightweight classes, I guess. I'm, I'm not really sure. But I guess that was like where they decided not to go high or low. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it makes sense. I don't, same thing with Kim. Like, I was just like, no big deal. We'll pick another one. <laughs> it was, I, I, to, to, to snowball off what you're saying, I, I think the last podcast, um, one of the gentlemen had broke out some of the stats. So globally speaking, because they looked at the numbers for this, um, for that weight class, 84 plus, if you were to put another one in there, it would be overwhelmingly on the U.S. side, and they want a global presence for sure mm -hmm. as well. And then in terms of the amount of lifters, there's more 72s, so there's a greater depth of competition. So if you split them, they'd still be healthy in terms of like the amount of like competition and exciting as opposed to if you split up a division that doesn't have the same depth of competition, then it just becomes, you might weaken those possible showdowns. So it's like, ah, oh, it's, we're moving in a different direction mm -hmm. more from one nation, et cetera. So I think that's why. However, on the flip side, like I said, damned if you don't get rid of a stacked division that produced last time we had it out. What do you think, Kristen? Do you think this was one of the ways to go? It was one of the ways to go, but do you think it was the appropriate way or would you have liked a heavyweight class or something we haven't really discussed here yet, but, smaller weight classes they don't necessarily have the same depth of competition so you can shake it up by maybe combining 47 52 
and just letting, you know, let's Heather Connor throw on a couple kilo rock and roll to 52s. Oh my God, we could have, you know, so there's different ways to go. It's not all one direction. How do you think about when they looked at it? Like we want to shake up the women's division. Think that was, this was the way to go. I mean, I guess like my, I'm a little biased because I think it works out in my favor. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm 69 kilo, right? I'm the wrong one. That I'm, I'm I am the new weight class. I was, I was really, I was too big for 63, but then I was like small for 72. So this, yeah, like this is me. Like it works out in my favor. Um, but is it the best way? I mean, I guess it kind of depends. I think that like as, like you said, it's there's more depth in 72. So like as if they added a 90 kilo weight class or plus anything like that, like how many women would be competing at that level? Or, mm -hmm. You know, like, I think that, um, I guess it like, I don't know if it, like how it would, how much of a difference it would have really necessarily made for people as much as like it affects, like 72, there's affects us more. Yeah, I mean, it does, you do need to crunch the numbers like you're saying where it's like, is this going to reap the same difference that we would like? Even if there is a spread between an 84 kilo lifter and what we're seeing in 84 plus, throwing something in between, is it going to be like competitive? We're going to have a lot of it worldwide. Is this actually, or yeah, you got to start crunching the numbers. We don't have the numbers in front of us, but I know what you mean. It could go either way. Yeah, I didn't actually think about it until you brought it up. Like if they were to do that to combine uh, the, is it 48 or 47? Uh, 47, 52s would be the two closest classes combine those classes together and then add a 90 so then they're not necessarily adding another weight class right you just added one essentially by splitting up the 72 i think that would have been a, a good call because you are yeah exactly and you would have i mean your girl linda would be battling heather connor and that would be an amazing showdown and heather who is, has said been on the podcast and said um you know I would like to see a little bit more depth of competition. There's some competition out there, but I'm not really in these big showdowns and battles and it's tough showdowns makes it, sorry, go ahead. There's not a lot of, is it, it's 48? 47, 47, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know how, like how many women actually weigh 48. It's a hundred pounds. It's yeah, like statistically, and when you lift weights, the side effect of lifting weights is muscle mass, right? So it's, it gets tougher and tougher. Um, it's just like the 59 kilo men where you have Fedoshenko and then everybody else. And Fedoshenko is just going to keep running it. And it becomes, it's, it's difficult when you're the announcer, uh, not the announcer, the commentator. You know what? It's funny. That's a pet peeve of mine. There's a huge difference between what Gino does and what I do. And when people call me the announcer, I'm like, I'm not an announcer. No. Um, and I just fucking did it to myself. But anyways, uh, when you're the commentator and I have to sell the showdown and try to be like, this is entertaining, guys. This is, this, oh my God, I don't know who's going to win right up to the last deadlift. And the 72s make my job easy because it was a freaking showdown right to the end. And I swear to God, I didn't know who was going to win. From the juniors with um, Ida and Chloe right into the open to, I mean, it was crazy showdowns. Even when Jessica was in the juniors, like it's, the 72s was, it makes it easy when it's like, I'm not entirely sure who's going to win this right down to the last deadlift. Whereas when you show up and you're like, it's Fedoshenko and he always wins. And I need him to slip on a banana peel to miss a lift, you know, and you're like, I'm trying to sell this, but nobody wants to see Michael Jordan just throw three flurrows over and over. He needs to play against somebody. You need, <clears throat> you need to think he could lose for this to be a sport, right? So it's tough. Um, 
so that's where you start looking at some divisions where you're like, could we combine these? And then all of a sudden, Heather versus, you know, Joey, Namani, and Inda, and oh my God, we got some showdowns all of a sudden. And Heather can, I don't know if she can, if she can bulk up, easier said than done, but if she does, she's already pulling like crazy deadlift weight. So yeah, you could combine at the bottom, throw something in the top, shake some things up a little. Uh, but once you start mucking up certain weight classes, you, you never know which way it's going to swing, right? If they're like, well, that didn't work out the way we thought it was going to. <laughs> it was, you're like, well, we made a weight class and no one showed up for it. We got three people and they're all from the same nation. And it's, it's, well, whoa. That's why you do the raw cup thing where you're like half in, half out. You're like playing, playing both sides. If it doesn't work, let's just fucking pretend it didn't happen. If it does, we're genius. Perfect. This is exactly what I thought it was going to be. Um, what do you what do you think? I don't. What do you think about this? If you were going to decide on weight classes, how would you have shifted this? That's a hard question. Uh, I I haven't think about it so much, uh, but I agree with all of you. <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah. you're so Swedish. That is so Swedish. That's like Canadian. <laughs> I swear it's called God. it's called lagom. La <laughs> yeah. Wow, I agree with everybody, and you know, whatever. Just happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think shake it up a little bit would be yeah. nice uh, to say, like, then we can get more of the seventy-two feeling in uh, more weight classes, and that that's um, having this uh, tension. I think it's it's a great thing. Yeah, it more we need people to go more. Uh, Get t- we need to have um, to compare it people yeah. like <laughs> yeah because you need showdowns and just like yeah with, exactly with, like if you look at yeah. the numbers and you're like look at naturally there's more lifters clustered around these classes we can mm. we can shift it around there but yeah. um the one thing you notice like some people are resistant to change like when you when you change stuff people are like why did you do that mm. <laughs> yeah complaints like like we got exactly. com- people said People said, we don't like IPF points. All right, let's take the IPF points out. Well, you mm. guys are so wishy-washy. You took them out? Why'd you take the points out? Because you guys said take them out. <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> you know, where it's like um, the weight class, the jump between 72 kilo and 40, uh, 84 kilos, massive. And everyone's like, let's do something here. And then, um, yeah, there's going to be some people who complain. But overwhelmingly, I should say, most people have been, this is, this is a good move. It's, it's an extra weight class, not fewer. And if you had to pick, um, if you have to pick Jessica, what do you say? Are you thinking, I mean, not just for yourself, for we, we, like I know for sure, but when you look at it, if you take yourself out of it, if you're like, look at, if I'm being completely unbiased here, this is what I would have done as well. It's gonna be hard to be unbiased, but I do think it was a great decision. Um, I think that the depth in the 72, um, is there so much because 72 to 84 is too big of a gap. And I think we're still going to see the depth even when we split it up. I think so. It would be interesting to see. Well, oh, let's talk to Daniela before I shake up this. this we'll go in this direction. But Daniela, um, you've been obviously like it would be you were right there. It, talking about somebody who was in the spread of things where it's way too great a spread going well do i i i like 84 i i was i carved my teeth as an 84 but 
if 84 was never 84 this whole time, if it was always 80, you might've always been an 80. If it was always, you just were there because you had to be and 72 was too, too far away. And the women in the 84 plus, it was too far away. Like Kimberly is saying some of the, it's, it, there's a big spread. So you were always stuck in the middle. It was never an option where some ladies in different weight classes, you have some options. You could be like, should I bulk into or should I cut down to what's reasonable? And you were in the one class where you're like, I, I really, it's dictated to me. It's, mm -hmm. it's like unreasonable to be like, well, why don't you just cut 25 pounds of body weight by yeah. next summer? It's like, well, <laughs> right? That's crazy. So do you think, even just not for yourself, for yourself, it's amazing. But in terms of the weight classes, do you like the 76? Would you have added a 90 kilo range class or would you have done something with the lighter classes? How do you feel? Yeah, um, I think the 76, 68, 69 is a really good idea. Like you said, that 72 to 84 is huge. And then it's 84 plus. And that kind of never really made sense to me. I think what makes sense to me is combining, this is like a lot, but combining the 47 and 52 and then doing the 68 or 69, 76, and then adding the 90. Might be too much, but the 90 just makes sense to me. You know, how do you like just cut it off at 185, at 84 kilos? Right. And, and here's the argument for that. Okay. Cause I was given the argument where if you're just looking at what you have now, you would be like, well, look at, there's more, there's not enough depth in certain spots to make a, a 90 kilo. And most of them are from the same nation and yada, yada. Right. However, with these new classes, give it five years. And when young ladies like yourself, where you may have never been uh, an 84 this whole time, you might've been around closer to 80 if you had the option. Once you set into play new weight classes, young ladies who are like 15 years old right now, people are just gonna start growing into like different areas and start filling out weight classes. And some weight classes who what initially are gonna be a stitch shallow could now become deeper and deeper and deeper. And now we start crowning the new Kimberly Walfords of new divisions that start making dynasties in these new divisions. Uh, Cause Kimberly can't be two places at once. Um, maybe, I don't know. Maybe you show up Tuesday and then Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Allow me to reintroduce myself. <laughs> right? But, um, but you know, it, it's, it's who knows what it looks like in the future for in five years down the road. Do you guys think, is there any drawbacks at all? Like this, the future powerlifting with these weight classes, this could only be positive. Am I right in saying that? Or do you think we're breaking something that was good? Both. Both? Both. <laughs> Aww. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it is, it is like, cause you will, we open it up. Like there were some young ladies Look at when Daniela came out, like I say, came out of nowhere. She was like, she's like, I was always here. But uh, people come out of the woodworks and all of a sudden it's like, boom. Um, well, we thought 84 was possible before Daniela. She comes as you're 21 now, three years ago. Like you were, you were a kid and you were just, just destroying records. People come out of nowhere. You make some weight classes. There are people like Samantha Eugene from France who's 17, maybe 18 by the time this podcast drops, and she's doing 500 kilo range as a team. And she could be, and she's a 63 kilo, but super duper tall. She could easily grow into a 69 kilo and it's, things are gonna change in the next couple of years. What it looks like right now, it might not look like that in two to three years. 
This could be a big shakeup. It's exciting and a little scary at the same time. It's super exciting. <laughs> it is exciting. I think, right? yeah. Yeah, I think when I started doing powerlifting, uh, there wasn't so much, so so big numbers there it's uh, now. So powerlifting have made me realizing how strong women can be. It's like you guys that is with me right now in this uh, conversation have shown me what what that this is the beginning of big numbers. With the it's. The it's it's blue sky. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. so there's nothing that can say this is like the limit because we never tried it. Women haven't have never tried out the hardest. Um, um, we have never get the chance to try our hardest. Are you are you are you are you with me? Yeah. No, and, we understand. We yeah. yeah. <laughs> the sky is the limit is what you said. Yeah, the sky is the limit. Sky, I got you. Sky is blue and the sky is the limit. I got you. Yeah. And and um not only that, this is gonna create more opportunities with more weight classes. And when you yeah. have fewer weight classes, women who are watching are like, this isn't for me. I I don't fit mm -hmm. I don't fit in here. Well, I don't I don't mm -hmm. see how this is possible. The more weight classes you have the more women walking the face of the earth will watch this and be like, that's a woman in my size doing yeah. this, that, and the other. And just like you were saying where I didn't know, you know, before you get in there, you don't even know what you're capable of, what other people are capable of. And then you mm -hmm. see it and you're like, oh my God, you know, this is exciting. How do I get involved? You need mm -hmm. opportunity. Without that opportunity, it's just not there. It's not going to happen for you. I think <sighs> it's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> And we lost Miss Mello. I wanted to get some parting thoughts on all this, but um, hopefully she comes back and we're not done. And she just comes back and like, oh, what the shit? Mom, <laughs> we've wrapped up. That's that. Um, for you guys doing uh, coaching online, can you guys give that out for anyone listening? And the, look at man, we got some new weight classes coming up. Some young ladies listening to this and need some coaching. Fill in the 69, 72s and all around. Um, including in all the men's division, and God knows if they're going to shake up the men's. Another conversation for another day. But uh, Kimberly, do you do coaching? Yes, I coach too. Um, you can reach me at Track Food, but I'm no longer also coaching myself. I decided to let go of those reins and let someone else do it again. Oh wow! What so, the shit? Uh, Who is it? Uh, it's Greta Harfinson. He's actually originally from Sweden. I've known him for years, and uh, he kind of reminds me of my. First coach, Gene Bell. So same temperament, same type of guy. I was like, we can get along. We can do this. So, <laughs> That's right. Nice. And, um, and anybody you want to thank as well before we close this? Oh, just actually, first off, thanks to the ladies for being part of the sport. I know it's, we don't really talk about it that much, but I've been doing this for about 20 years. And it's weird hearing you guys talk about it because I've got to remember that you're in your 20s and I'm 42. And to see the growth of women lifting is amazing. It's like great just to see that no longer can someone use that term as a insult to say, don't act like a girl. Now when someone says that you mean lift like a girl, you can always point to so many of you around the world and said, now, now who wants to lift like a girl? So I uh, just wanted to say thanks to you guys for that. And uh, as far as thanking anyone also, just of course the sponsors uh, and the support system, the family, uh, Rogue and SBD and Primera. So thank you. Thank you, guys. Beautiful. Chloe, how about yourself? You, you got coaching and where people can reach out to you and people you want to thank? 
Um, no, I just coach myself. I do my own training and my little sister, whenever she decides to lift, which is on and off. So, okay. that's, um, that's probably entertaining to hear you guys go at it. <laughs> yeah, it's something. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to steal Kim's, but I mean, like, this has just been a phenomenal class. And like, this is all I've known. Like, I, I didn't know that raw lifting had started four years before I started lifting, like it was just there, you know? And so I'm, I'm really happy to have been a part of a, the class that I've been and, you know, like the, all the girls that we've been able to compete against is just amazing. And I really appreciate all of you guys. Um, it's pretty bittersweet, excited, but sad at the same time. Yeah. So yeah. And just a big thanks to all of my supporters and SVD, SSP Nutrition. I appreciate all you guys. And Kristen, how about yourself? For juggernaut training systems, so you can find me there. But yeah, I think, um, I mean, we're all competitors, you know, on the platform, but I do consider like, you know, these guys are my friends too. And it's really cool that like, you know, as much as we're all like, competitive women right but I think that there's this level of like camaraderie and it's like I'm still get excited if like you know someone hits a PR or does really well like you were um, saying when Chloe was the first person to greet Ida after she was like that's super cool and I think it's really you know, I don't feel like every sport has that so that's one of the things that I do really appreciate about our players I've made so many friends in this sport and also, sorry, go ahead. Thank you. Yeah, no, no worries. And also, it was Chad Wesley's birthday last night. Yes, it was. So, how you, yeah, how you feeling? How you feeling, Chip? You made it out. You almost, <laughs> we were like, we, when we started the podcast, we were like, oh shit, where's Kristen? And I was thinking, well, I know I've seen in her story, in Chad's story, it was Chad's yeah. birthday. <laughs> it was. But you my coach forever. He's the one who's really kind of uh, brought me, took me under his wing, really, and kind of showed me what I was truly capable of. So I'm definitely thankful for that. And uh, Jessica, you got. I'm just, um, oh, go ahead. People to thank. Um, I don't do coaching, but I want to thank my coach Justin Reason. Um, I'm super grateful. For everyone here, just for the, the motivation, the inspiration, um, Kim and Anna were two of the reasons I even really decided to go with powerlifting originally. So thank you for that. And um, yeah, I guess I got to thank my support systems to you, Inner Strength, um, Supplement Worlds, Rascal, Rise Strength Club. Beautiful. And Ida? <laughs> I don't even, I do technical coaching at my okay. gym. <laughs> technical coach, like you mean, um, you mean like, like reviewing people's squat form and stuff, but not programming? Is yeah. that what you mean? Okay. Yeah, exactly. I don't do programming. Uh, I only show how you can squat uh, with your body uh, and not others. Because we look different, everyone. Um, <laughs> and then I want to thank... Uh, like you guys, all the other women all over the world, because uh, we show each other what's uh, possible and that it's okay to be strong. 
because that's something I think it's so emotional when I talk about it because it's so important to me because uh, women can be so fucking strong and we show each other <laughs> yes <laughs> Damn, it's it's hard. Hard. <laughs> it is hard not to talk to her and have a smile huh is it <laughs> is, she, is that not the most positive uh well thank you mm. sorry and I, yeah. I cut you off is there anyone else you want to thank yeah, I want to thank uh, Anders Bergström, who's my coach, because uh, he—I'm a very emotional person, and I when I get um, angry, I get so angry, and when I get sad, I get so sad, and when I'm happy, I'm so super happy, and uh, I can be everything when I work out with my coach, and that is so <laughs> important. <laughs> He's got his hands full, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. <laughs> make him make him earn his money, man. He paid money. It yeah. is what it is. Um, mm. Daniela, you were gone when I first posed the question, but we're going around asking: um, Is there anybody you want to thank, as well as if you do coaching, if people can get a hold of you for coaching? So I don't do coaching yet, but hopefully okay. in the future I will. Um, who do I want to thank? I want to thank Sean Noriega, my coach and boyfriend. And I want to thank my future nutrition coach, whoever that is, because it's not going to be easy. I love when uh, you're like, get ready. Get yeah, ready. Uh, whoever you are, if you're listening to this, just be ready. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I want to thank all the 72s, maybe former 72s, and all the women in powerlifting, because we all motivate and inspire each other. And I think being a part of the sport is really special. There it is. Thank you, ladies. Thanks for coming on. Much appreciated. Good luck. We're going to keep in touch. And uh, this thing will become official and we'll all link up later on and do individual podcasts again when we get some competitions going. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.